Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Glad you could be here as we start out a brand new series called Brave. And for the next five weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about what does that look like to take a step of faith in trembling confidence. And uh, this is going to be a fun series, but it's also going to be stretching for us. Uh, For those of you that have been raised in this general area, you know there are many strengths that go with being Pennsylvania Dutch. Many things that were put in from your foundation that you have that are so incredibly good. Risk-taking is not one of them, right? Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch and risk-taking just don't go together. Uh, whenever I do premarital counseling, there's a tool that I've been using for over 25 years. And uh, one of the exercises that the couple does is called the meaning of money. And it's how you view money, how you look at money, what money means to you. And it's not good versus bad. It's just an awareness piece for the couple to have. And I always start off, even before they do the exercise in my office, and I say, hey, I want to tell you right now, and I'm addressing the female, uh, that 90% odds, I know what you're going to put down. And I know that nine out of 10 times, uh, it's going to be the word security. Out of the four categories, security. They look at money as a piece of security. Now, what is unique about our area and how I view it through this tool is when I have used this exact same tool in New York, in Florida, in California, in Maryland, uh, wherever I've ministered before, it's always been a wild shot for the guys. I had no idea. I couldn't really guess where they would come out on this. But here in our area, 80% at least of the guys are going to come out with that exact same word, security. And there's absolutely nothing bad with that. There's a lot of good with that. But what I often have to tell the couples is you might have to remind one another once in a while that you need to have some fun, uh, that you need to enjoy life. And where this both of you having security in the way that you look and deal with money, where it could become problematic is when all of a sudden one of you wants to go back and pursue higher education or one of you wants to go and uh, change careers or one of you wants to take that risky step of starting your own business. Because then it's not that you don't believe in one another, but man, all of a sudden that security is being ripped away, and that can cause that tension. And as we head into this series for five weeks, there's just going to be that tension there. Because this is what we get. Our faith, man, I want you to be secure in your faith. But I want you to also understand that faith is not about security. Faith is not about always being comfortable. Faith is not about avoiding risks or failure at all costs. Just think about your favorite Bible stories uh, where God or Jesus calls people out to adventure. He calls them to purpose. He asks them to take that next step in trembling confidence. Think about it again like this whole scope of scripture. How often do you see God approaching someone and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to stay comfortable. Just stay comfortable. That's how I'm going to get my work done. How often does Jesus approach somebody and says, hey, would you just play it safe for once? Can you just play it safe? Those are words you just don't read or hear, are they? How often do you go through scripture and you hear this instruction? 
don't try anything new. Just, would you please just don't try anything new. Just keep on doing the same old, same old. That is how I, God, get my work done when people try absolutely nothing new. And there's like an automatic tension even as I say those words because, man, you know it's true. If you've spent any time in Scripture, you know that is true. But, boy, our tension to be comfortable, our tension to be safe, our tension to avoid risk at all costs. I mean, that, that's a palatable tension. So we all love our comfort zones. It was what, maybe a decade or so ago, uh, John Ortberg put out the book. Uh, probably a number of you read it. If you want to walk on water, you need to get out of the boat. If you want to walk on water, you need to get out of the boat. And I mean, doesn't that title already begin to say it all? Uh, but he goes on in this book, and one of the ways that he describes our problem with being risk avoidance is he talks about what is the favorite chair in America? What, what's the favorite chair here in America? It is the lazy boy, right? It is the lazy boy. And man, to get in that lazy boy, to prop up, we are so comfortable in our lazy boys. I remember a good friend, a pastoral colleague. I can't remember what he had done in terms of ministering for this one family, uh, but they were so grateful for him. And, And they owned a furniture store and they went to him, and this is about 20 years ago, and they said, you know what? You pick out any lazy boy you want. You pick out any lazy boy you want, and we just want to give that to you. We want to bless it to you. And and that caused a dilemma for him because there were so many lazy boys. And the the top-of-the-line lazy boy at that time had a built-in refrigerator. (laughs) You didn't even have to leave your lazy boy to replenish your drink, right? Right? And he wanted so to ask for that top-of-the-line lazy boy. And he's like, Doug, I just don't know if that's right. Can I really ask for the top of the line? And I'm like, I think you already know the answer, but you do you, right? But boy, we, we love our lazy boys. And what else do we know? If you create a brand new chair, maybe you think there's a market for this. You want to start out your own business and you design the risky boy. Your chair is going to be called the Risky Boy. I mean, like, who's going to buy that, right? I mean, what's going to happen when you sit down? Is it going to be like getting in James Bond car? All of a sudden, you know, you're popped up, you're ejected out. Maybe it's the Risky Boy, and you know, 999 times, it's going to be comfortable. But it's risky because once in a while, just that spike pops out through the back. You just all of a sudden, you raise your feet, right? And boom, you're, you know, impaled. Nobody's going to buy the risky boy. And we get that. We like our comfort. We like our safety. We like our security. I want you to just listen to this statement. And you get it. When you listen to the statement, you know it doesn't match up with God. I want to see God do great things in, around, and through me while I enjoy the comfort of life. And we can almost laugh at that, right? Because we would ne- you'll never say those words. I'll never say those words. But our life can be described by those words. That's the way we often live. I'll have people come in, you know, and, and 
Complaining might not be the right word, but they're like, you know, Doug, I want to see God do more. I want to see God do more in, around, and through my life. I want to see God do more in our church. I want to see God do more in our community. And I just got to help them take a step back. And I'm like, what are you willing to do about it? Because from my perspective, you're living a very comfortable life. You're living a very secure life. And if what you want to happen is actually going to happen, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to leave some of your security. And are you really willing to do that? Moving out of our comfort zone and into an adventure specifically when it's an adventure not of our own choosing. When God asks us to do something that we don't really want to do, isn't it often like, okay, uh, that's like a hard pass. Like that, that's a hard no. Uh, I think somebody else can do that. Just let me be comfortable. Let me be safe. Let me be secure. So can we at the beginning of this five-week adventure, can we just own that tension can, can we just admit up front that it's very real for most of us? And it's not a tension to just be dismissed or minimalized or explained away. It's a tension I want us to embrace for five weeks. That so often we want God to be doing more in us, through us, and around us while we remain comfortable and secure and safe. It's not our words but those words so often describe our actions and our lives. And we live with the results, don't we? Come on, we're comfortable, but we're not seeing God always do what only God can do. We don't see God doing great things in us and through us and around us. And all so often, we don't admit that the real problem is us. We blame it on someone else, or we blame it on God. We expect to stay comfortable while God does a great work in us, around us, and through us. And words like brave and adventure and risking faith and taking that trembling step of Faith and trembling confidence, man, those things don't often describe our lives. But comfort and security and lack of purpose and lack of fulfillment and lack of direction all too often describe our lives accurately. So let's just own it up front and let's deal with it along the way. See, I told you it would be fun, right? Take a look at this quote. Hudson Teller, a uh, great man who combined risk and faith together uh, for China, a mission, inland mission. This is the way he would say it. This is the way he would describe it. He'd say, unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith. Straightforward, simple, profound, and true gets to the heart of the matter, doesn't it? What about John Garner? He says it like this. He says, one of the reasons why mature people stop growing and learning, one of the reasons that mature people so often stop growing and learning is that they become less and less willing to risk 
failure. And isn't that also one of our Pennsylvania Dutch things? Like failure is like to be avoided at all costs? Oh, we think that, you know, God measures our lives by success. But God measures our lives by obedience. He doesn't care about success or failure. We're stretched. We grow by failure. I mean, for most of us, myself included, not failing nearly often enough for God. But if I'm obediently following him, yes, leave the results up to him. Take that step in trembling confidence. Today, I want us to look at what it looks like to take a risk as you follow Jesus. What is this whole idea of adventure, of bravery? What can that look like as we follow Jesus? And we're going to join in with Jesus and his disciples in Matthew chapter 14. So we're going to be camping out today if you have your Bible app or your Bible, or it'll also be here on the screen. And what's going on in this situation? We're joining Jesus and his disciples after an incredibly long day. On an incredibly long day, filled with extreme highs and extreme lows. They find out that their peer, their friend, the one who baptized Jesus, John the Baptist, is dead. Not dead of illness, not dead of some tragic accident, not dead of old age, beheaded. That's the extreme low that Jesus' disciples experience. And you can automatically get how Jesus just would love to be alone. He needs some time to grieve. He needs some time to process. And he tries to get that alone time, but man, the crowd, they find out where he is going and they follow him. And that leads to, you know, uh, Jesus doing miracles, Jesus doing profound teaching. It leads to the feeding of the 4,000. And you get all those extreme highs all in the same day. Extreme lows, extreme highs. And you can sort of automatically begin to imagine the disciples and how they felt, or Jesus and how he felt. I mean, just exhausted. It has been an incredibly long day. You can easily imagine like how like, they're just, like, just burnt like toast. Just need to sleep, need to grieve, need to rest. And that's where we join the story. In verse 22, immediately after this, immediately after this long, hard day, after the feeding of the 4,000, immediately after all of this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went into the hills by himself to pray. Uh, night fell while he was there alone. And you get that after a long day that Jesus just needed that alone time. Uh, he needed that uninterrupted time, maybe that undistracted time, just to be with his heavenly father. And we read that and we get that. But what we often miss as we begin to wait in the story is that Jesus insisted. Jesus insisted. You get the feeling right away. Jesus' disciples, they're tired, they're worn out. All they want to do is sleep. They would rather stay with Jesus but Jesus insisted. And if you're like me in your understanding of Jesus, Jesus isn't surprised by what's to come. Like the hours, days, weeks, months don't surprise Jesus. So Jesus insists that they head out 
Right now, everything's calm, but Jesus isn't going to be surprised that a storm, it is a brewing. That means that Jesus knew he was sending his exhausted disciples into a storm. That means that Jesus knew that the calm waters of the lake right now would soon change to pounding waves, rain, and wind. And Jesus knew that, man, after an incredibly long, exhausting day, when his disciples thought they couldn't handle anything else, more was coming their way. Next verse. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, right? Understatement. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. This lake, the Sea of Galilee, is about eight miles wide, and you can simply understand that as they're crossing, they get to the point where they can't see the shore anymore with all the rain, all the winds, all the waves. They're far from land. And they're exhausted, and they're worn out, and they're in trouble. I mean, for some of the disciples here, I mean, this isn't their first time in the boat. Some of them, their occupation, they've probably spent thousands of days in a boat. And this isn't going to be their first storm, man. They've dealt with storms before, but never when they started out completely exhausted. Nothing left in the tank, desperately needing rest. And they knew from experience how things could go from incredibly bad to so much, much worse so incredibly quickly. And Jesus intentionally placed his disciples in the middle of trouble, in the middle of a storm. And doesn't that just sort of reveal a lie that we all too often swallow, that we all too easily believe? That, man, if we're obedient to Jesus, that if we're following Jesus, we're going to be spared any adversity. If we follow Jesus, our lives will be relatively trouble-free or easy, no hardships, no pain, no suffering. It's a lie we believe because, man, it is not the truth. It doesn't line up at all with the teaching of Jesus. It doesn't line up at all with the history of the early church. You can't go to those that were persecuted, that were lit on fire and lit up the gardens for Nero and say, hey, you're following Jesus, everything's going to be great. If you get outside of our country and you just do a little bit of Googling today about persecution around the globe and what Jesus followers are experiencing and the people that are becoming martyrs, you understand that it's just a lie that it's going to be a trouble-free life as you follow Jesus. Let's continue on next verse in The story, verse 25, about three, about three in the morning. If you're tracking, man, the disciples have been at this for hours. They have been fighting the wind and the waves for hours. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Well, it started off as a simple crossing of the lake when you're exhausted, worn out, and tired, and desperately needing sleep has turned into something dramatically different. And man, are they now beyond 
exhausted. This is not an adventure that they desired or what they wanted. And what do you do? What do you do when you would see someone? If you were in the disciples' position, what would you think if you think you saw someone out there in the midst of the rain and the waves and it looks like they're walking on water? What would you think? You'd probably think you're hallucinating that you're seeing things. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Adventure, risk, leaving our places of security, getting outside of our comfort zones, following Jesus' instructions often results in short-term fear. That's why when God asks you to take a step, and if you're going to follow him, you do it in trembling confidence. You can be full up terrified as you follow the leading of God. Come on, it's it's been a day of loss. It's been a day of miracles. And the reaction of the disciples whenever they see this person out there, their automatic assumption isn't, oh, hey, it's Jesus. Everything's going to be a-okay. Their reaction is that of fear and terror. And I say all of that, and then we are just so much more ready to go back and just camp out like in our lazy boys, right? Uh, I don't really want that, you know, like full of fear and terror like the disciples Uh, maybe I think I'm busy for the next four weeks. I think I can't make it to this sermon series. I think I'm all right to just continue to be A-OK with what's going on in my life while I'm comfortable and secure. So what might the disciples be thinking? Have you ever paused long enough to think what the disciples could be thinking in the midst of the storm? Are they ever thinking, you know, why on earth did Jesus insist Why did he make us walk away from him? Why did he insist that we begin to cross this lake? Did they ever process that? Have you ever thought about whenever you've followed God and all of a sudden life gets dicey and the waves and the storms of life come, all of a sudden you think, you know what? The prospect of like, you know, like no risk and no reward sounds really good to me. A life that lacks fulfillment, I mean, that can sound really great when you're in the midst of a storm, when you're in the midst of trouble. Being comfortable and not seeing God at work suddenly seems perfectly acceptable when you're losing sleep or having sleepless nights, when you don't know how the situation is going to be restored or reconciled or redeemed for God's glory. So when God asks you to take a step of faith, when God asks you to take a step of faith and trembling confidence, you are not, you're not confident in what you are about to do. You are confident in whose direction you are following. And if you and I, if we don't get this, if we don't understand this and own this, Man, we're like always going to like just stay in our comfort zones. We're always going to tend to just play it safe. Next verse, verse 27. 
Jesus speaks. He speaks to the disciples at once, and he says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. See, Jesus shows up in the midst of the storm. Jesus shows up when the disciples are fighting what feels like a losing battle. And are you catching what's going on here? The storm hasn't stopped. The wind and the waves have not lowered. The sea is not calm. The disciples' strength has not all of a sudden been replenished. The disciples are not suddenly able to see the coast line. The call from Jesus to his disciples to take courage, the call from Jesus to you and I to take courage isn't based on our circumstances. The call from Jesus to take courage is completely about him being present in the midst of the storm, being present in the midst of the trouble. Man, and that is the major point of this story. As a matter of fact, if you read this story in the other Gospels, the only person you get to read about walking on water is Jesus. But I'm so glad that Matthew didn't leave out this additional detail. Verse 28, then Peter called to Jesus, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. And yes, come, Jesus said. Our small group on Wednesday night, I, I asked the question, if you had a one-time superpower, that for one time you could walk on water, just it was a one-time event, you could walk on water, where would you want to walk on water? I want to tell you that no one said the kiddie pool. Nobody went like there. Like, nobody said the kiddie pool. But also, nobody said, you know, I, I want to be out, like, in the midst of a storm, you know, lightning, rain, wind, waves. Nobody said that. As a matter of fact, this is where the entire group landed, and I was in full agreement. Walking on the ocean, preferably somewhere in the Caribbean, where we could see all the stuff beneath us, Right? Like, we were, like, all signing up for that. That sounded wonderful to us. Jesus shows up in the storm. And in this storm and in Peter's exhaustion, Peter has the, what's the right word here? Peter has the audacity. Peter has the confidence. Peter has the nerve. Peter has the, the guile. Peter has the bravery. Peter has the heart for adventure and risk to ask Jesus to command him to walk on water. I mean, the other disciples, like, they're incredibly quiet in this moment. There's like no chorus of, oh, hey, me too, me too. Jesus, me too. Would you just command me uh, to get out of this perfectly good boat in the midst of a storm and walk on water and come to you? It's just silent. And we don't know what the disciples are thinking. Are they hoping that Peter was going to succeed or that Peter was going to fail? And Peter takes a step in trembling confidence. Not because he just finished reading Walking on Water for Dummies. Not because he was just sick and tired of being in that boat. Not because he suddenly had confidence in his own ability. Peter took a step in trembling confidence based on Jesus, who he is, and all that he has done. Take a look at this risk scale. 
And I want you to think just to yourself, like, what's your risk level? Like, you know, like, one is, like, you're extremely risk-adverse. Like, ten is the uh, complete opposite. Man, you just love adventure. You love risk. Security does not define you at all. Comfortable does not define you at all. Now, why don't you take a look at this scale? Where would you put Peter? Where would you put Peter on this scale? I got to tell you, honestly, for me, I don't put him at a 10. I put him more around, what, maybe a 7 or an 8. And why don't I put him at a 10? Because he just doesn't go off and do this on his own. He doesn't start the adventure and thinking that Jesus will make everything all right. He first approaches Jesus. He makes the request. As a matter of fact, when you read throughout the New Testament, the amount of miracles, the amount of great things that Jesus does, the amount of times that people initiate, like Peter initiates, but Peter isn't getting out of that boat unless Jesus commands him to do just that. If we're going to get out of the boat in the middle of a storm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, you better make sure that Jesus has said, come. And if Jesus says, come, then man, you don't got a choice but to get out of that boat. So here's my question. Here's what I want you to just to begin to think through. Is there a boat that God or Jesus might be asking you to get out of? Your boat, it's whatever represents your security, your confidence in self or in life. That boat is your comfort zone. That boat is whatever you are tempted to put your trust and confidence in, and it's not God. Your boat is whatever keeps you so incredibly comfortable that you're not willing to take risks, that you're never initiating, you're never trying to get out of your comfort zone. You're never taking those steps in trembling confidence. For a lot of people, the boat is what? Their career, their family, their investments, their retirement, their skill level. I mean, boats can be a lot of different things for us. Your connection card, it simply responds like this. As we head into this five weeks, as we just embrace this tension of our desire to stay comfortable and knowing that that's not how God works, that God never says, hey, just stay comfortable. I'm going to ask you to do this. It just simply says this. I'm willing to get outside of my comfort zone for Jesus. I'm open to following Jesus in trembling confidence as he asks me to take a step of faith. And this is a reminder that so many of us need. Uh, let's go back to the connection point. Yeah, it's a, a step of faith. It's a step of faith. It's that next step of faith. Don't worry about the second step or the third step or the hundredth step. Don't worry about what happens when you get out of the boat and you're trying to walk on water. Peter dealt with the second step when he started to sink, right? Take a step in trembling confidence. Let's pray. Father, we just acknowledge as we head into this new series that there's a tension there 
For many of us, man, the way we've been raised is like you don't take risks, you play it safe, you find security, and you live in that secure zone. And there's so much good to that, but the problem is it doesn't line up with our faith in you, Jesus. It doesn't line up with the way that you work throughout Scripture, throughout the early church, throughout the past 2,000 years, and it doesn't line up with the way that you work today. So we're just opening up. We have no idea what that next step is. Right now, we have no idea what you might be calling us to, taking that step of trembling in trembling confidence. But we're just opening ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit. We're making room in our lives for you to speak directly to us. And I pray this, that when the call becomes clear, when the direction becomes clear, when the command becomes clear, that we would be people of faith and character who would step out in obedience. We might step out in full terror and fear, but our confidence is going to be not in what we're about to do. Our confidence is going to be in who has called us to take that next step. We pray this, we commit this, in the name of our Lord and Savior, that name that is above all other names, your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.